What is going on, everybody? Welcome to All About the Birds weekly report here on the AAT Sports Network. Uh, I am Chip at Chip for the Birds, joined by Johnny Yu at Johnny Yu nine three two two and Mike Bauer at Rewind CEO. Adam, hello once again. Yes, for those of you that were just on the network, I was on making my predictions with the wife. This is show number two of the evening here at the network, and of course, it's the Wednesday night All About the Birds weekly report. And as we've been doing all season. We have brought on somebody who knows something, a thing or two, about our opponent for the week. So this week we are playing the Door of the Explorer, may only know where they are on the map, Chargers. Um, we are joined tonight by Gavino Borquez, at Gavino Borquez, managing editor for the Chargers Wire and writer for the Draft Wire at USA Today Sports Media Group. What is going on, my friend? Not a whole lot over here in Phoenix, Arizona. It's starting to cool down. All right, so. Phoenix. Okay. <laughs> I'm enjoying is that, that. Is that where the Chargers play now? Are they playing in Phoenix? <laughs> you're, I mean, you're telling where me. Where are these Chargers? Your, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, as we've been doing every single week, you're going to give us a, a rundown. And all of, our, all, our, all of our listeners and our fans and our peoples, uh, a little rundown of the Chargers because – AFC, NFC matchup here. We don't know a whole lot. Um, so you got to share some things and maybe get some questions thrown your way. And uh, we'll get it popping. So my first question for you, my good friend, is uh, what's up with Justin Herbert? Because my man looked like he was about to be a breakout star even last season. And uh, beginning of the season, he looked pretty good. He's been struggling a little bit. What uh? What's happening out there in Los Angeles? Yeah, so the first five games, it looked like he was on a sophomore surge, but now it looks like he's on a sophomore slump the, the past two games. And again, he's going up against two good opponents in the Ravens and the Patriots. And there's a few things that just factor into it. Uh, play calling, the right side of the offensive line, his wide receivers dropping passes, but also him uh, struggling in his own. So the, the post-snap coverage uh, processing, it seems like that's been an issue as of late too. Um, all these th things could be factoring into that as well, but uh, with these past two games, he's not been at his best. And if you think of last year when they played the Patriots and they got uh, shut out by the score of 45-0, to zero, uh, Bill Belichick held him to his uh, worst performance of, our, of his career, and then they play him again this, this past weekend, and it looked exactly like um, last year's performance. So... Again, uh, you're playing two good, really good defenses that know how to get after Herbert applying pressure and disguising some coverages, and it showed. And now it looks like he's on more of on a sophomore slump and heading into this weekend against the Eagles. He could definitely turn it around, but um, it seems like opposing defensive coordinators uh, know how to uh, really uh, disrupt him, and it's showing. It's kind of concerning from a Chargers fan perspective. So you, you kind of gave kind of what the state of the Chargers are uh, with a little bit of that. But let's talk a little bit about the right side of that offensive line. Um, Storm Norton is the right tackle. He's been struggling, if you can say, you know, say a little bit he's struggling. He's struggling a lot. Um, what, do you, what do you feel that with him on that side, because Brian Bulaga is still injured. I'm not sure what his timetable is uh, to come back. But on that right side of the line, how concerned are the Chargers with that, with, you know, these teams that are coming in to have some good pass rushers on the edge that he has to go up against. It's concerning for sure because it's not just Brian Balaga. Um, they're starting they're starting right guard going to the season. Ode Ibushi is also hurt. So he is uh, done for the season. Uh, he tore his ACL. And, um, again, with Ode Ibushi on that right side, it kind of helped mitigate the uh, the issues that Storm Norton had early on. So that's why like it wasn't like really an issue. But now that Michael Schofield is in at right guard and Michael Schofield, he played with the Chargers, but he's not really much of a proven starter. Um, it's hurt them in that aspect. So teams are getting after that that side in specific with blitzes, twists and stunts, and it's showing. And um, Herbert has very little time to throw the ball. And again, it's come up these past two games because that's when Schofield really took over that starting role in that guard spot. I got I got one for you right here. You know, we're looking at the these teams. We're three and five. You guys are four and three, I think, right? Yep. Correct. Is this more of a window game for you guys or for us? 
I mean, we're, we're finally starting to get momentum. I feel like the Raiders game would have been a lot different had Miles Sanders not gotten hurt. Um, we just completely annihilated the Lions. Poor Lions. Prayers up. Um, but I don't think we anticipate this team going anywhere this year. Whereas you guys, the division's kind of up in the air. The Raiders are currently leading it. But Kansas City has not looked like themselves. And I think the, the Denver Broncos are one of the most fraudulent teams in the NFL, um, starting out, what, 3-0, something like that. It, we, we all knew, like Teddy Bridgewater, he ain't it. Drew Locke's not it. So um, could you say that the pressure is really on for you guys right now, as opposed to us where, hey, win would be great, but we just want to see some competitive football again? Yeah, 100% because, again, within the first five games, they're being viewed as these contenders, and now they're kind of on the verge of uh, that pretender status. And when you look at the AFC West, you have the Raiders, who are currently 5-2, and two, I believe. But, again, they're mm-hmm. dealing with uh, – they, de- they dealt with the, whole, the head coach situation. Um, it seemed like they did fine with that, but now they have the issue with, uh, with Henry Ruggs, with him no longer being a part of the team. And you got to think that that's going to start to uh, affect the team a little bit. And then you have the Chiefs who appear to be like on a, you know, a downward spiral, if you want to call it that. But again, they have their issues in, in their own. And then the Broncos, you know, again, like you said, they're one of the most fraudulent teams in the league. So <clears throat> the Chargers can definitely get back on track or they need to get back on track, I should say. Because again, if they win this game, they're five and three. Um, again, they're still in the playoff contention. Like currently they hold the, the seventh seed. But uh, if they're going to lose the game uh, to the Eagles, that's definitely concerning for sure because following this weekend, they have the Vikings who, again, they can give the Chargers problems and now the Steelers who are uh, seem to be on the rise as well. So this is kind of a must-win situation for them because, again, if they lose this one, that's uh, <clears throat> the last three that they lost. So And then we start to draw some questions of like the, the personnel, the coaching, um, what's going on with this team. So... They have one of the most easiest or one of the easiest schedules remaining in the NFL. And uh, it started this past weekend against New England. They couldn't win that. If they can't beat the Eagles, then you're starting to draw some questions. Can I just follow that up real quick? You, do you think that possibly at this point in the schedule, do you think we could be a trap game for you guys? You know, obviously we haven't been playing well, just came off that win, but you know, people might be saying, well, it was the Lions. Could that be a situation where the Chargers potentially lose because they're looking ahead past us? A hundred percent because um, I, even myself, I thought we were going to beat the the Patriots playing a rookie Good quarterback. Advantage. Yeah. And I know that Bill Belichick, he can, uh, he can, you know, get the, the better of any quarterback that he plays, but I thought we were going to beat the Patriots. And now I'm kind of worried about the, the Eagles, especially seeing the, uh, the pass rush that you guys present and uh, the running game. That seems like it's uh, definitely gotten going uh, the past few weeks. So it's it's interesting that you mention the running game um, because we would actually in Philadelphia disagree because we've uh, almost ignored the run entirely up until about last week uh, when all of a sudden it was discovered when our best running back was hurt that we should run the ball um, and it worked great for us but you're the Chargers have seemed to struggle a lot against the run this season you're averaging almost 160 yards per game on the ground. Um, do you think that that is a weak point that Philly can exploit? And is Bosa the, the key to stopping that, or is there another player that really needs to step up to change that number back the way it should be? Yeah, so Bosa, again, he's one of the, been a, he's one of the better edge defenders in the league at defending the run, setting the edge, but he actually hasn't been able to because he's been double and triple team as of late. Um, the interior defensive line, they just don't have the talent to – hold their own at the point of attack. Um, and then as far as the second and third level, they struggle with, with missed tackles. And when you guys, when you have guys like Derwin James in the back end of the defense, um, you know, he can only do so much. Uh, again, he's going to be all over the field. He's done that. Um, it's good that he stayed healthy. But again, when you have guys that uh, have struggled at doing so, um, you know, you can only do so much when you have all these holes creative and you're having these uh, defenders rally to the football and again, you're really pointing those fingers at the uh, interior part of the defensive line because the way that Brandon, Brandon Staley's defense is set up is that um, you know it's predicated on uh, limiting the explosive plays, which he's done a great job of. But again, that requires lighter boxes. So when you have a uh, a three man front and you have two uh, edge defenders, again, you're looking at um, not as much talent like you know someone. Let some of these other linebacker corps um, who do a good job at defending the run. Um, the Chargers 
know, they have that in Kaiser White and Drew Tranquil, but again, they can only do so much because they're tasked with other responsibilities. And then when you have primarily defensive backs, that doesn't really help. And when you have uh, your front getting straight up just gash off the line of scrimmage, um, it's just a recipe for disaster. And, and I that's think, definitely showed. I think that, you know, a good point there, because you talk about the middle of that defense, you know, Kenneth Murray um, has been injured and they're missing some pieces. You know, Asante Samuels in con- concussion protocol still, and Michael Davis left uh, with an injury as well. So, you know, they're a little bit banged up in terms of, you know, the defensive and, you know, Kaiser White and Drew Tranquil, like they're good, really good players. But I think you think with their run defense, a lot of it has to do with the size, with the injuries happening, but also the size. Because I know Kaiser White's, what, 220, 216, 220-ish area? Yeah. I mean, they, they don't have the, you know, the big bodies in the middle of that defense. And then when you have to rely on secondary to try to, you know, make make a lot of plays it's never never good but they did get justin jones back it's it just feels that their defense has struggled it's just they're not i, I just don't know if it's if it's is it an injury thing or is it just the defense itself is just learning a new system yeah it's the personnel it's definitely learning the new system because again a lot of these guys um they came over from gus bradley's system so a guy like Lin, linval joseph he's actually uh been one of the more underrated players on this team because of like the the stuff that he does that goes unseen. But at the same time, like, you know, he's been more so uh, spotty. So he's had his, his plays um, on the line of scrimmage and then he'll completely get washed out of place. And then you have other guys like Jerry Tillery, um, who again, coming out of Notre Dame, he was drafted to kind of give the chargers that pass rush presence. Um, and that's what he's done. He's done a great job of getting after the quarterback, but he just doesn't have the, the strength and the physicality to, to hold his own against uh, a <clears throat> single and then double team uh, blockers. I'm curious about your depth chart here. I was just kind of going over some stats um, because, you know, I, I'm thinking about the weakness of the middle of our defense, obviously Eric Wilson was waived and we'll talk about that later. So that makes our defense. It's funny how um, addition by subtraction there, you know, that our defense gets better because Eric Wilson isn't here, but um, Alex Singleton really underachieving this year for us. I think, I still think there's a softness in the middle of our defense, but after Austin Eckler, who are we looking at? Is it Justin Jackson? Is it, I don't think it's Joshua Kelly. He seems to have fallen out of favor or is it Larry Roundtree? Like who do we have to worry about? spelling Austin Eckler this week. So after a big 75-yard carry uh, this past weekend against the Patriots, it's clear that Justin Jackson is the second-best running back, uh, RB2 on the depth chart. But again, it's just a matter of him staying healthy. Because if you've seen him play in the past few seasons, uh, when you've seen him play, I should say, uh, he he's pretty he's productive. He has carries. He has flash like he did this past weekend. Um, but it's just a matter if if and when he can – stay healthy because beyond that Joshua Kelly um, he hasn't done much since being drafted last year and then Larry Roundtree Larry Roundtree hasn't done much in his opportunities either so it's just been Austin Eckler for the most part and then just as of late Justin Jackson but of course he he um, shines a little bit and then he goes down with an injury and uh, it's a quadriceps injury so that seemed the lower body injuries have seemed to bother him um since being drafted a few years back and now you know you really can't rely on someone because coming into that game Austin Eckler even said that someone needs to step into that role so I think Justin Jackson heard him loud and clear he busted off for that 75 yard carry and now again you're looking at a a hurt Justin Jackson so it's like okay now what um so they're probably just going to go back to uh not really running the ball as much, giving Austin Eckler his workload, um, splitting it between Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree, seeing what they can do, and then just primarily primarily resorting to the pass. Okay. So one thing that I am, uh, as an Eagles fan, always worried about is anytime there is a tight end who has the ability to find the football field, um, they don't have to be any good going into the game. So you guys, right now, you're starting wide, your starting tight end is Jared Cook. Um who's been in the league forever. I mean, he he came into the league in 2009. He's played for a variety of teams. But this is his first year with the Chargers. How has it been uh, with Justin Herbert? Um, ha- have they found that connection that is so important for a quarterback and a tight end? 
Yeah, Her, uh, Justin Herbert's targeted targeted Jared Cook um, a fair amount, especially before. Um, well, I shouldn't say especially before. He targeted him quite a bit um, against the Ravens. And again, with Joe Lombardi's offense being matchup based, he looked to him early and often, and they just re- didn't really seem to be able to link up the same thing with Mike Williams in that game. So he's looked his way quite a bit. And with them, I mean, they've either been spot on. Uh, Jared Cook has dropped some passes or they've just been off the mark. So Jared Cook isn't having the same kind of production that he did uh, with the Saints um, or with the Raiders when he uh, made the Pro Bowl that one year. But he's definitely got had his looks. Um, then beyond that, you have Donald Parham, who the he's a six foot eight tight end. Uh, does a lot of good work down the seam um, and then in the red zone. We've seen flashes of that, but just not as consistent because Parham has been taking on more of a, a blocking role as well. And then when you go even beyond that, you have Steven Anderson, um, who has been more uh-huh. of like the inline blocker. Uh, he's come out of the backfield in that H-back role. And then you have Trey McKitty, who was just barely active for the first time um, against the Patriots. So it's kind of clear with the tight ends that you don't have like a lot of production. You know, Jared Cook's the right. clear cut number one, and Donald Parham should get more looks. And um, you know, one of the issues earlier this season was the red zone production, and I mentioned that getting him more involved um, should be like a priority. And they did that against the Raiders, I believe, had a touchdown, and then another game he he scored as well. Uh, so he has two or three touchdowns on the year, I believe. But, um, again, he just hasn't been utilized as much um, the past two weeks because, again, they're putting him uh, with more blocking duties because of that right side of the offensive line being an issue. So before we get you know predictions and stuff like that, I did see that Justin Herbert was on the injury report with a hand injury. Can you give us any information with that? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, <clears throat> the same thing happened against the Chiefs uh, earlier in the year. Um with his follow through, he hit a, a defender or an offensive lineman's helmet. And um, I watched the clip because I remember watching it live too. And it was like about a minute 28 left in the game. And um, it was a, it was a pass and just following through, he either hit it on his own offensive lineman or a defender that was getting pressure, uh, their helmet or shoulder pads, but he was kind of shaking it off a little bit. Um, I don't know how much it's bothering him. Again, he was limited at practice. <clears throat> so, with a guy like Justin Herbert being on the injury report and being limited, um, it's definitely going to uh, raise some eyebrows a little bit, but uh, it's something that we'll be monitoring uh, the rest of the week. But I would doubt, I, I doubt it like that. He would actually sit. Um, Cause again, if he was out of practice and that's something to definitely be more concerned about, but uh, for the most part, it was, um, it's, it's that, that's when it happened, but it's completely different than what it was against the Chiefs. Wait, so since we're talking about quarterbacks, I, I have to ask the question. Both teams have a have a backup quarterback uh, worth discussing. Mike, I already see you smiling there. Um, in, a, in a pinch, who is the uh, the better backup quarterback on the field? Because it's Philadelphia, so we have to ask backup quarterback questions. Is it Philadelphia's own Gardner, the mustache, Minshew? Or is it the Chargers, Chase, I can't believe the amount of money I've made in the NFL, Daniel? <laughs> Neither. It's uh, Easton <laughs> Stick. Oh, come on. I just want to let you guys know that right now, Gardner Minshew has a higher quarterback rating than Jalen Hurts. Oh man! Jesus <laughs> I mean, you're also forgetting about our third string, which is uh, uh, what's his what's the dude's name? Reed Sennett uh, from San Diego. Reed Sennett. Like so if we're going by just names, I feel like Easton Stick is going to be the winner. Um, hey, listen, but Reed we Sinek we're gardeners out here. <laughs> oh God! So anyway, who's the best? Who's the better backup quarterback on Sunday? Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I don't know, man. Chase Daniel, former Eagle. Yeah. He's, he's won a Super Bowl or something. He, he was just—he was brought in for that mentorship role for for Herbert. But if, you know, if you put him on the mentoring. field, I'm just who is he mentoring? No, no, hold right. on. When Chase Daniel played for the Bears a couple years ago when Trubisky got hurt. He didn't play too bad, to to be fair. 
So I mean, he, he knows the offense. So again, you got to give that to him. He's very familiar with that Lombardi offense. But if we want some pure excitement, then throw Easton Stick in there and there it see is. what he's got. Because everyone's been waiting. This for is him a great name. This time, yeah, <laughs> it's a great name. North Dakota State legend, right there. <laughs> I know Johnny was just leaning in to drop his college statistics and his GPA and his favorite thing to order going through the hotline. Um, <laughs> but but Gavino beat you to it. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I thought that's um, where you are going. I didn't even think you were going to bother asking about Chase Daniel. I thought you were going to cut straight to the chase and say uh, – Well, again, we're, we're a Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles-based podcast, so we had to bring up Chase Daniel, yeah. our, our very favorite that we've hated for pretty much all of time uh, since he I – mean, I, again, I don't understand how that guy has made the amount of money that he has made. It is absolutely absurd. Um, but I guess it's because, you know – because I guess it's people like, you know, Mike over there. They're like, oh, yeah, well, he's he played decently for the Bears that one time in the cold. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying he did. <laughs> Speaking of the cold, uh, Julio over here in, in comment land is saying that the Chargers are not ready for the cold. Is there a concern floating around in sunny L.A. about coming into the Philly, Philly, Philly temperature city? Uh, well, we haven't had a, a cold game yet so as far as the conditions go you could say so especially with something like a, a hand issue bothering justin mm. Herbert, it could i don't That's think you're gonna, i don't think you're gonna go full-on philip rivers and uh put on some gloves on those hands but uh we're getting to that time of year where it's starting the temperatures are starting to drop a little bit but uh yeah i didn't even think of that i didn't think of the conditions um do you know how cold it's going to be on sunday the forecast is like fifty-six degrees. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we're not we're so, not there yet. Yeah, I'm not too worried about yeah. that. Mike, we were trying to make him fearful. Well, he's not playing. Someone that lives. Well, he's not playing. So <laughs> remember, it is a four o'clock game now. Ah, oh, so the weather. That's true. That's, the that's down true. In the city. You know what? That is kind of weird. Why are they having it be a later game? Because Plus, my guess is to uh, acclimate your fan base because it's an east coast west coast game that's why i, mean, I love yes. four o'clock games they're my favorite but they also turn i hate the them clock, we also turn the clock back so it's it's weird because that's we can start right. going earlier too so it's just oh. a whole bunch of chaos so it's you guys are here, dealing with time zones and ben yeah. franklin <laughs> yep good stuff um so we're getting to a point now in the show where we have to put you on the spot here so we need from you your official prediction for the game, uh, maybe a breakout player or so. And then we also do a segment on here called You Lecka Lock, because named after Johnny, he's too below me there, um, where you tell me something that's going to happen in the NFL this week. It could be any game, any player, anything, anything, anything. But it's got to be a lock. It's going to happen. So a prediction, a score, maybe a key player, and a You Lecka Lock. Okay, so I'm going to go with Chargers 24-21. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they finally break this losing streak. Um, it's not going to be pretty. I don't think Herbert's going to have the uh, the type of game that you're you're looking for. I don't think he's going to have a breakthrough game, so it's going to be some weird events. I think we're going to force a fumble. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is going to throw a pick some at some point. So we have to let him think, throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, if if he throws the ball, so Shane Steichen might uh, show like what you know, kind of passing offense you guys have. <laughs> I kind of miss Shane Steichen, honestly, just seeing what Joe I was actually, done. I was going to, I was going to ask <laughs> yeah. about that. How do you, we, yeah. we have a couple of, uh, I, I keep wanting to say San Diego. We have a couple bolt castoffs. Um, do you prefer Steichen? Do you prefer who you have now? I mean, talk a little bit about the coaches real quick and then we'll get back to your picks and such. Yeah, no, I, I do prefer Shane Steichen because I know people will resort to like the running game, but again, you got to think that Anthony Lynn was the head coach too. Mm-hmm. Anthony Lynn's a running former running backs coach. He loves uh, to uh, play that ground attack game um, with Shane Steichen. Again, look at the numbers that Herbert was able to put up with him. So even with like that offensive line, absolutely awful, and he was able to draw plays where he's getting him, uh, you know, more so involved in that. Uh, that play action, moving pockets, so and then just being able to get like these uh, wide receivers down the field. And now, I mean, you look at personnel, like they don't have the Tyron Johnson, who surprisingly they let go of. I get it because of a, set, a special teams thing, but again, mm-hmm. he t- he was able to take more shots down the field, and it seemed like Steichen kind of uh, 
put him in position to succeed that was able to uh to tailor to his strengths you know why he's not in uh with the chargers i get it <laughs> again because they wanted a, a clean slate um staley brought in someone who's who he's familiar with in lombardi and again i just personally miss uh Steichen, <laughs> just given like he it seemed like he put herbert in more of a position to succeed with his offense yeah uh so you you picked the chargers um yeah. Give me a key player and then a Uleka lock. So a key and a lock. Yeah, so a key player, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um with Storm Norton because that Josh Sweat Storm Norton matchup kind of has me sweating a little bit. I see how well J- Josh Sweat's been playing. Good for him because I liked him a lot coming out of Florida State. So it's uh it was about time that he was due to to actually break out in a in a big way. Um, it's clear that he's one of your your best pass rushers on the team, just defensive linemen in general. Um, that. For that reason, uh, Storm Norton's a, a key player because if he can't hold his own against Sweat or for not getting any protection, you know that's a, that could be a disaster right there waiting to happen. Yeah. And then something that's going to happen in the NFL this weekend it could be a specific statistic. It could be a specific game, but something that is a, a lock. Jordan Love's going to outdo Patrick Mahomes. Whoa! Ooh, I love it. I oh love my. That. Oh, it could happen, man. It could really happen. Well, yes, and, and we're going to be talking about, you know, the storylines are going to be what the future is going to look like in Green Bay after Jordan Love plays this weekend. So, you know, I, I can just see it. I can just see it waiting, you know, to happen next week. And everyone's going to be talking about Jordan Love. And, you know, I know he hasn't looked great in preseason action, but I think he's He is act. not. No. No. <laughs> but I think somehow – aren't they supposed to be getting Devontae Adams back? I, believe so. I think it's on the fence, Matt. He's like on, on the, the injury report. We're not quite one hundred percent sure. Yeah, now that Rogers out, <laughs> Rogers is out. I wouldn't be surprised if Devontae Adams like I'll stay out too. But um, I <laughs> I'm think gonna set this one out. Yeah, I'm gonna set this one out. I think uh, yeah, Jordan Love is gonna out duel uh, Patrick Mahomes, um, and Packers are gonna beat the Chiefs this weekend. All right, um, that's great. So again, we. Gavina, man, we want to thank you for coming on tonight, giving us a little insight on the Chargers. Is there anything you want to promote, talk about what you do a little bit uh, before we uh, send you on your way? What is it, around dinner time there? Yeah, 645. Oh my so God. it's dinner time over here. I know it's bedtime over there for you guys, probably, <laughs> if you're all on the East Coast. Um, yeah, we are. We are on the East Coast. So, yeah, all of my content can be found at the Chargers Wire. Um, that's where I'm primarily writing right now. Um, as we get to later into the months, I write for the – the draft wire. Um, I do an annual draft guide for the Chargers wire, kind of focusing on uh, player needs, um, you know, just highlighting what they would bring to the team as opposed to like a general overview. But um, as far as draft wire, it's just general scouting reports, rankings, you know, just that uh, all that fun stuff. So, but for now, in season stuff, the Chargers wire is where you can find me. And then my Twitter is at uh, Gavino Borquez. No spaces, none of that, no hyphens. So he went no spaces, no hyphens, no fine, no hyphens. Yeah, just Gavino Borges. <laughs> I know it's not the easiest name to pronounce or, None of it. or spell, but <laughs> obviously I'll be tagged in this. So yeah, you can find me in all my content. Yeah, you're there. definitely you're definitely tagged in this. So you're all over it. Um, and again, man, we just we really want to appreciate you spending some time this evening, um, talking some Eagles Chargers and. Uh, you know, we're going to say go birds as we send you on your way, but, uh, you know, pretty nervous for this game. <laughs> What's that? I say I'm pretty nervous for this game, honestly, with how really? the Chargers have been playing. Yeah. I That's know a good a feeling of, as an Eagles yeah. fan. Yeah. yeah. Very good feeling. That's a good feeling as an Eagles fan because we don't have that same level of confidence. Um, but again, man, thank you for joining us and, uh, we'll be in touch as we, uh, go against you this weekend. Yes. Thank you so much. You Take guys. Care. Thank you. So that was um, very, very informative. I, I appreciate that. I enjoyed that. No, it was very um, good. I, I also enjoyed the fact that there is a fear playing the Eagles now. Um, it must be because of how badly we beat the Lions. Um, so we got a lot to break down here. Uh, Mike, initial thoughts from what uh, Gavino was saying. I agree that it's nice that, you know, there's the fear factor there, but is it, are they nervous because they don't want to be laughed at if they lose? You know, what is it like? I don't know. I, I'm i so up and down on this team this year, and they've been up and down on me too. You know what I mean? Like, 
they win week one, kind of like they did last week, and all we heard was, yeah, but. And then they did the same thing this week, and now we're hearing again, yeah, but. You know, yeah, but it was the Falcons. Yeah, but it's the Lions. It's like, yeah, but you beat an NFL football team. And I'm actually well, – Hold on. I don't know if you can call the Lions an NFL football team. They would struggle to be in the top 25 of college football. They are a garbage franchise. Yeah, but did you watch them play against the Ravens? You watched them play against the Vikings, the Packers. You know, Sure, there's some play. fight in them. The Rams. There's some they, fight in them. There was no fight in the Eagles just literally spanked them around on Sunday for four quarters. Uh, remember, we said they planted them. Okay. What makes me happy, they adjusted – the defense adjusted. Exactly. In, the pre, in the pregame, I was talking about how they don't disrupt routes. Yeah. And, Johnny, what was one of the first things that we saw? A route disruption when, when the ball was in the air. Exactly. And it, it was great. You know, they ran the ball. I'm sure Miles Sanders was sitting at home watching the game like, <laughs> well, but, he, he did. No, he texted the coach and said, yeah. thanks, coach, for you did such a great job. We really appreciate you running the ball. It was such a good idea. Yeah. I, but they, I have- they adjusted. I'm happy about it. I like, you know, 10 blitzes. That's what they did. They did they blitzed 10 times. And we talked about it when Eric Wilson was inactive and you got to see TJ Edwards, Davion Taylor. You saw that, you know, they use Alex Singleton to blitz, which I feel is is a strength of his. If they can use him to be aggressive in the way of blitzing, I think that can help as well. And and of course, limiting his snaps, playing more on special teams, limiting his snaps yes. to about snaps about 30%. I feel that's great, but also, did you guys notice? And I, I noticed it right away, and I loved it. You know, you see Rodney McLeod coming down in the box. You're seeing the safeties move. You're not seeing this too real high deep. Now I know because Detroit has really no playmakers except for Hawkinson and Swift. But I think there's a lot you can build from this game defensively and what they did. And I'm not even talking about offensively because that's a whole another topic. You know, we're going to get into as well and what they can do this week, but. What they did defensively, I really like because it's you saw, like Mike said, you saw the adjustments, and it's definitely something that they needed to do because. Oh, for sure. You're, right now, you're playing Justin Herbert. He's struggled. You take what Bill Belichick. You take what the last you know what the um, the Ravens did. You try and use a little bit of that film. You try and use a little bit of what they did to try to use it against Justin Herbert to confuse him, to make him throw interceptions, to make him. And I feel like the Eagles need to do that. Stop being passive, be more aggressive. Can I talk about TJ Edwards for a minute? Yes, you may. I've been a TJ Edwards fan since he came into the league. He was UDFA out of Wisconsin. Probably if he was like an inch or two taller, would have been drafted. I would imagine just slightly undersized six one, but, he has been maligned for his lack of production defending the pass. I think it's kind of a lie. I think he has shown. Now, I'm not saying that he is the answer to all of our linebacker problems. I'm not going to say that. But he's our short-term solution for a middle linebacker position. I, yeah. I mean, they're, obviously, the trade deadline's over. And, you know, please... ESPN, stop hyping up the trade deadline in the NFL. This is not baseball. This is not hockey. The NFL just doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? But but there were some there were some moves though. But there were some moves. Like the Von Miller move was I thought was a big move. I'll tell you what, man. The the Rams are going for it. The Rams see the Rams needed to see the Cardinals lose a game, and then they went, okay, we know what we need to do. They brought in Von. Like there is a future hall of famer on each level of that defense that's insane that rams team looks good now i'm gonna tell you this right now this is gonna bite the rams in the ass oh giving up all these really well yeah the picks but they're winning now i understand they're not gonna win i'm telling you that right now i'll make that statement right now i don't think they're gonna win i think this is gonna set them back because you're all these older players they don't get healthier when time goes they're just just wait and see. Who's who's gonna win it then? Who's gonna win it? Yeah, who's if if not if you don't or do you think that they'll come out of the NFC? Do you think they'll represent the NFC in the Super Bowl or do you think it'll be someone else? So I picked I think I picked Seattle. Didn't I picked Seattle or something early in the beginning of the year, which was totally wrong. You in Seattle, man. But I think the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the AFC. Okay. 
and I just feel that they're just going to get better and better as, as the year goes on. So um, that's why I think NFC wise, I think the Cardinals still have an edge over the Rams. They already beat, they beat the Rams already. They put the blueprint out there. Um, right. I still think the, the Cardinals are better and I'm not going to pick Dallas cause I hate Dallas and we all hate Dallas. So I'm not going to go forget there, about but, Tampa Bay. Uh, I, you're, again, you're looking at a Tampa Bay team with a shorter off season that really is struggling. Again, there are there is a blueprint on how to beat the team. Uh, as we again talking about the trade deadline, talking about some of the moves that the Eagles have made, talking about the rest of their schedule. I mean, and Mike, I, I hear what you're saying as far as well, they're they're not getting enough credit for beating the Lions or an NFL team. Look, I, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna say that the Eagles are not a team that I can pick right now in any in any game because. They beat the Falcons. The Falcons are awful. They beat the Panthers. The The Panthers are awful. What's that? I'll take them when they play the Jets. But I won't because the Jets just beat the Bengals. I mean, Mike White might be the next Kurt Warner, man. I mean. Tom Brady? Western Kentucky, former Dallas draft pick, Mike White. Johnny, I feel feel like you you felt left out that you didn't get to share all of your college knowledge um, during our first segment. (laughs) We can do a show of that. We can, that, that. That's in due time. But I, my Ooh, feeling. I had an idea for a show during the off season. We're I'm gonna play the host, and we'll do a college. Uh, where did they play, or some sort of statistic about NFL players, like right, a Jeopardy game? I have my hand like this. So you, yes, you do. All right. That, see, thanks for you know breaking the news there. We could have held it off a little bit long, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm um, on the fly making it up. My my feeling though with this game on Sunday was how many times in the last couple of years had the Eagles played down to the competition? Always. And it's not Sunday, just the Eagles; it's the entire Philadelphia fan. It's the entire Philadelphia sports programs. Sunday that is true. That is very true. Sunday, they did not do that. Oh my God, it was beautiful. So, and we've we've talked about we want an easy, fun win. We haven't had that in so long, and that was fun. It was so fun. That was Don't so much fun. And they ran the ball. They did. They didn't put it in the hands of Jalen Hurts. They didn't make him throw the ball forty times. Smart. You know, use like what they said early in the year, what Nick Sirianni said about let building the offense around his players' strengths. Jalen Hurts' strength isn't throwing the ball. So it's not. It's it's not. And I think they can exploit the Chargers big time with the run game. The Chargers are are bad against the run. And if you're terrible against run, if you're able to do a little bit what you did on Sunday, I think it's going to help you. Now, I don't know what's going on with Asante Samuel Jr. I know he's. Uh, still in concussion protocol, and their other starting corner, uh, Michael Davis, has I think he has a uh, hamstring or a knee, something uh, along the lines of that, as an injury as well. So, right there, you know, their secondary is a little bit beat up as well. But I, I just think the Eagles can run the ball. But the Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, I know Kenny Gainwell didn't really play uh, all that much. It was just kind of the matchup aspect, I'm guessing. Uh, but I feel like, me. yeah. I think I think it was more than that. I think they also realized that Gamewell's more of a receiving back, and when they started moving away from the passing game, there just wasn't a spot for him on the field. But don't be surprised if you see Gainwell in the slot lined up with the depending on the injury situation with Jalen Rager and. I was going to bring that up next. The other guy that sits on the don't don't even say don't even say it. I'm not saying his name. The blocking wide receiver. How about that? Yeah, we'll say this. The blocking wide receiver. In regards to Gainwell, I did see one run. It was between the tackles, and he popped a couple guys, and those legs kept going. And for for his small stature, he just did not go down. So I'll I'll give him credit. I mean, you're an NFL back; you should be doing that. But oh yeah, no no doubt. But I the the other thing I I didn't look deep into it. I wanted to was when Driscoll went out and Nate Herbig came in. Now Herbig's a a, a bigger body. Then yes, he is. How the run game performed after Herbig came in. He looked like he handled himself pretty well in there. Herbig also played the entirety of last season. Driscoll was in and out, in and out. He got moved around all over the place. Herbig played guard the entire season 
because Brooks was out the entire season. Yeah. Except for the game that we had to deal with Jamone Brown. But Ugh. oh man, here we go with that. But the Chargers, I'm just saying the Chargers offense is a little bit scary because you still have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Jared Cook is still a decent tight end. And then you have Austin Eckler out of the backfield. And they still have a plethora of, of weapons on that offensive side of the ball. Jalen Guyton. He was an undrafted guy, but he can get behind the he can get behind the defense, man. I like Josh Palmer too. Josh wow. Palmer out of Tennessee. I love Josh Palmer. Yeah. So a lot. The thing is, they have weapons, but I think if they can, if the if the Eagles can do, in terms of the pressure, you know, on that like what Gavino said on the right side with Storm Norton and Michael Schofield, if you're able to get pressure and cause a little bit of uneasiness in the pocket with Justin Herbert, especially with the hand, like we don't know with the hand, you know, it, that that is the, something to monitor. I don't think he's going to sit out. He will play, um, but again. If it's a little bit colder, if it's in the the fifties, the forties, a little bit of wind, it's colder. It may affect them a little bit, but again, I think I want to see an aggressive defense. The aggressive style of defense needs to be done, needs to be shown every week. And then the offense side of the ball, run the ball, play action, because then it makes the RPOs much more effective against it, the Chargers. It makes it, it's it's a run pass option, which means you actually have to establish the run in order for anybody to buy that there's an option that you're going to run it. I don't know how um, hard that is to understand, but you know, it may be a little bit tough. So here's, I, it's two different questions here. So first off, were you surprised that the Eagles didn't make really any, uh, they made a move at the trade deadline. Um, what's, the, what's what, Sure. Why are we just stocking up corners at this point? Stocking up a bunch of young guys. Hey, if you have out of these four or five guys, these young guys that they've gotten over the past year, if one or two of them turn out to be a solid player, it, to me, it's a win. Agreed. And we're not giving up much for them. No. Um, so that, but that was the move. So they didn't make any moves at the trade deadline. Do they see that? Are, are they starting to change? Okay, so we just beat the hell out of the Lions. Are they seeing this as a win-now season? Or do they have the pieces there and they're just, again, look, they just got rid of Eric Wilson so that they can get a better gauge on some of our young linebackers. Singleton snaps have been going down. I mean, are, are they are they trying to get a gauge on some of these younger players? I think so. But I think they, I think they're, I don't want to say they're okay with losing because obviously you're not okay with losing, but I, I'm sure that the front office and the coaching staff knows that they're not making a Super Bowl run this year. Right. And I think some of these guys would have gotten moved if Howie would have gotten a good deal. Like, I'm sure that teams were calling about Fletcher Cox. I'm sure somebody called about Hargrave, maybe some other guys here and there, maybe, you know, an offensive backup lineman or Dillard, something like that. But he is not going to just give these guys away just for the sake of trading them away. So that, that's what I think. I think that there was the potential for more, but yeah, because you also have to look at it with Cox, the uh, you know the dead cap hit and everything. You're not going to get rid of him for a we round get, pick. We, we can't have another dead cap hit that on that on that on that level. So League leaders, you, <laughs> but again, this isn't. They're not seeing this as a Super Bowl season, but they're seeing it as if they can improve every week and get better. And then you, sure. look at the, you look at the rest of the schedule. If they can beat the Chargers, then you look at the rest of the schedule. It is obtainable that they could possibly sneak in with that last wild card. See, if you look at the oh, other teams God. that are in the hunt. It's my nightmare. No. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, realistically, look at all the other teams that are in that the Falcons, the Panthers, the Vikings. You know, you have some of these teams. It's just like if the, if the Eagles win this week and then – you look at the rest of the schedule. Yeah, it's a possibility, but it also is a possibility that they don't. So, yeah, to me, it's all about getting better. We've mentioned that multiple sure. times. It's about progressing. It's about seeing what players you have for the future. Seeing if T.J. Edwards or Davion Taylor can be, you know, a quality player. Not that they're going to be an All-Pro. And, and Mike and I had this conversation. It, it, it's pretty funny because everyone expects every single player to be an All-Pro. They oh, yeah, for fit, sure. They need to fit their roles, like a Marcus Epps, 
like a Kayvon Wallace, like a Davion Taylor, TJ Edwards, they, these Hassan Ridgeway, these guys have to fill their roles. They fill their roles, they can be successful. The team can be successful. And I think a lot of a lot of fans, they, they look past that and expect every single first-round draft pick, every single second-round draft pick need to be all-star or pro bowlers and all pros, and it just doesn't happen. It's unrealistic. So, and, it, and you know, the other thing that may, may be unrealistic is Jalen Hurts being a franchise quarterback. Unfortunately, you don't know right now. So, I do. Yeah. Some people think they know already, but I'm just saying, like, there's so much unrealistic people. Jalen Hurts has not. So, again, what I've been saying for the past couple weeks is he's a great leader. He is a great athlete. He's a subpar quarterback. And it was just said on this show throwing the football is not his strong point. Your quarterback. His main weakness is throwing the football. You can't, you it's can't why play. there was it's why there was so much push to get a guy like Deshaun Watson to Miami because Tua's main weakness is throwing the ball. Exactly. And how can you realistically build a team around that? Give me a guy that could sit back there and pick you apart from the pocket. I do think that this offense, scheme wise, is good enough. Devontae Smith can get open. Quez Watkins can get open. Do you remember the Dallas game? I know you try to forget that game. But Quez Watkins had a pass where he he was looking back for it. He jumped up and caught and caught the ball behind the defender. If yes. that ball would have been placed properly, he would have been looking over his shoulder and catching it in stride. When you have a player that has to contort himself like that and do that, and now you're up in the air in a weird position. That to me tells me that you have you're gonna be more likely to get injured on a play like that. So Jalen Hurts is not throwing guys open. He's underthrowing guys routinely. How how many touchdowns has uh, just talk about Quez Watkins? How many touchdowns has Quez Watkins not gotten on these deep throws simply because Jalen Hurts doesn't have the arm strength to hit him in stride? And you know we're talking. Everyone's saying that it's mechanics and it can be corrected. And I agree to a certain point. However, a good strong arm can compensate for poor mechanics. You've seen Aaron Rodgers not set his feet, but he can just go back there. Patrick Mahomes, they could just whip Don't it. Don't even get Patrick step. Mahomes because he's looking like trash right now. Okay, One but I'm just mechanics. He has the, the arm strength. Okay, then Matthew Stafford. How's that sound? Matthew Stafford could sit back there and the dude could sling it with the best of them. And you know what? You want to go back? Aaron Brooks could throw it 60 yards from his knees. Just saying. So, you know, tell me how good, tell me how many championships Matthew Stafford and Aaron Brooks have won. Matthew, Matthew Stafford's going to win one this season. He might, he might win an NFC championship and that counts. Give me he might Paris win an NFC championship or Kenny Pickett from Pitt. Oh, yeah. Stop um, all right. So it's, it's time to get into some picks. So I'm dropping this. It's time for the new locks of the week. Who's your lock? So Halloween's last, over, Johnny. We're gonna have to re-record that and not in a creepy stalker voice. I'm just saying. Who's no, I your think, lock? <laughs> I like that still. I think it's still good. We, we, we hit, it's okay. So <laughs> it's okay. Last, it's okay. <laughs> so last week, our locks, uh, Dave Burkett had Derrick Henry 150 yards, two touchdowns. Unfortunately, he got hurt Ooh. and he's out for the season. Um, yeah, wait, can we just can we pause for a second? Mike, can we talk about fantasy impact with that right there? Yeah, so that that's a big one, and I actually this was one of the first years that I actively acquired Derrick Henry in a lot of spots. Um, as of right now, it is Jeremy McNichols' backfield. Uh-huh. Um, he's gonna he's their next man up. There's actually a couple of he's actually a really good receiving back too. Adrian Peterson was signed as well. Um, I think McNichols he won't play this week. Jeremy McNichols, I think he was Boise State, right? You can look that up. I don't oh, mother of God, top of my head. But um, AP is just – he's there for depth. But if he's I'm, there for yeah. depth and uh, what, what was the phrase we used by Chase Daniel to, to be a mentor, to be a voice? <laughs> he's like the worst mentor in the world. Yeah. The worst. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's big, though. I mean, that's, that's huge for them. And can we also talk about how uh, – just real quick, other NFL news. Kevin Stefanski saying that OBJ uh-huh. is essentially not on the team right now after OBJ's dad released yeah. that video of Baker Mayfield not throwing them. Like, the, these athletes need to get their families in check. That would yep, be like, between Patrick Mahomes behind, between all that. Like, it's these families are, it's the LeVar ball. Uh, yeah, that's, that's like if Johnny's wife goes to his work 
and starts trash talking his boss. You know what I mean? Like, like what? Do you, what? Yeah. Just, just be like, stay away. You'll get free tickets. Shut your mouth. Cheer. Here's some money. Let me do my thing. It's not a good situation. Uh, you, Mike, you had Cleveland beating Pittsburgh 31 to 17. Well, we know that did not happen. Pittsburgh won 15 to 10. Uh, that was a horrible game. First. It was. Uh, I'll go to mine uh, because I'll leave Chips last because Chips was by far the worst lock. Um, Let's go. So mine was Josh Allen, 300 yards and four touchdowns and a win. Unfortunately, uh, he had 249 and two touchdowns in a win. So. Lost on that one. And then Chip had Cincinnati winning by 25 against the Jets. <laughs> that did not happen, friends. Yeah, that did not happen. I should have uh, jettisoned that pick. That's what I should have done. Freaking Mike White. So, and then if we look at last week in terms of our picks, uh, Chip had a bad week, but he's, him and Jeff were 9-6. and six, So... They rounded out that. Um, Chip still leads eighty four and thirty eight. Uh, I was I was eight and seven, and JB was seven and eight. So I'm second, eighty one and forty one. Uh, JB and Jeff are tied at seventy seven and forty five. So and I'm us, just I'm just saying if we include a different person in there, they are both tied for fourth because my wife is at seventy nine and something. Whatever it is, but she's got seventy nine wins on the season, so she's uh she would technically be in third third place. Okay, which and looking at all of, looking at all of our records, she she won the week. Yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt. She had the best. Uh, Eleven and four. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So she by far beat us. Uh, beat us all. Uh, this week, which is great. It makes me feel really good about like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's another subject. Um. Hey. But but now we have to go with our predictions for the game. That's right, because we are it's a home game, so therefore we will not be live. Well, we have to do our locks, but do we want to do the locks last or do we want to do the predictions last? How do you how do we want to do it? Let's go locks and then picks. Okay. So I'll go with you, Mike. What is your lock of the week? Can't bet against them. Mike Davis takes down the Colts on Thursday night. You want that to happen. You want Carson Wentz to play every snap on offense and defense. Um, so we just hit that 75. That's not that, that's not wrong. That's I, not I, wrong. I do want to see corner Carson. That that would be ugly, man. That'd be terrible. It would be. That'd be awful. Box safety, Carson Wentz. <sighs> Chip, um, what do you got for the lock of the week? I mean, it's tough because I was going to go. And I, I was going to be all over this Packers chief game because it is such like a historic level game, but losing Aaron Rodgers, it loses some of its luster and shine for me. Um, I'm going to go into the Ravens Vikings game. And I'm going to say that the Vikings are held to under 17 points. 17 points. I like that. That's a good one. Look at look at what this uh, this Ravens team did to the Chargers that we're facing this yeah. week. Held them to six, and, and the Ravens are coming off of a bye. Yeah, and we could say the Chargers have by far and away a better offense than the Vikings do. I yeah, mean, absolutely. I it's just that team. You want to talk about a team that's just like mired in mediocrity? Like when yeah. are they going to fire Mike Zimmer? Well, it's not even Zimmer. It's the oh. quarterback. Kirk Cousins ain't it. Yeah, they paid him so much money too. To be a mediocre quarterback. And Kellen Mond isn't it either. Nah. Yeah. So, yeah, under some... 17 for the Vikings. Love That's it. a lot of purple. It's a lot of purple in that game, friends. Oh, that is. <laughs> That's going to be gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Johnny, your, what's your you pick of the week? <laughs> I thought about this, but I was going to go the Eagles game. But then I, I thought, Ooh. you know, I, 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 I don't want to do that because we're already picking a game prediction. <laughs> Because uh, I don't want to be double wrong. So I'm going to go with the Steelers-Bears game. Okay. And I'm going to go the Steelers' defense. are going to have four sacks and two interceptions on Justin Fields in a win over the Bears. I could see it for sure. Do you want to make a sub pick of whether or not Peters plays the whole game? 
Peters will go down at least twice. <laughs> will he get up either of those times? That is to be determined. Yeah. <laughs> I love how we're beating on an old man, but you know, everyone else does. So it all um, that old man could beat us up still. So. I would not say any of these words to his face and please nobody deliver this to his inbox because he going to find you. Um, Jason, I didn't say anything. It was these two guys. Yep. 100% JPP. You're my man. You're my boy blue. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty solid pick, and we'll have to get Jeff's um, from the interwebs. Uh, Julio, real quick, on the in, the in the comments over here, he asked, how do we feel about having a week 14 bye? I, I think, we're, for me personally, we're in a constant state of injury, so it doesn't really matter to me. Um, we're already going to have guys well on the injured reserve. It's not going to be like we have a situation where, oh, we're going to be playing for a playoff spot. We're not. So I'm just – Well, you never know. Yes, you do. I'm gonna keep you saying sh- that until this totally- this team should not be playing for a playoff spot. That's what happens when the NFL adds a seventh playoff team in each conference. This is what you get. So, you know, pitch to the NFL. I don't know. Yeah, for me, Julio, I would have preferred to have the the buy like right around now, or a week or two earlier, or a week or two later, for a young team. Fourteen's that, pretty pretty late. Fourteen's just really late. Yeah. I just feel like with the young quarterback, young coaching staff, an earlier buy would have really helped out. But then again, the mini the mini buy after the Tampa game didn't really do anything either. So, right, you know. exactly. But plus, I I need a week off from this team sometimes too. So, I don't know how you guys feel about that. I, I concur. Um, all right, so let's pick this game. Um, again, we are picking a game. We are picking a score. And this is in lieu of a live show because we're not doing that for home games. And then we'll be on for a post-game show to break down these picks. So, Johnny, we'll start with you on this one. So looking at this game, you know, the Chargers defense giving up a lot of rushing yards. Um, you know, the Eagles can exploit them that way. Uh, of course, the defense has to be, you know, up to snub against Justin Herbert-led chargers um but i think the eagles run the ball i think they do what they've been doing the last two weeks now unfortunately the raiders game they didn't sustain it because of the miles sanders but i think they run the ball against the Chargers. i think they have success against the chargers uh i'm gonna go eagles 21 20 same score i did last week i'm just gonna keep rolling with that mikhail (laughs) <laughs> that was interesting. Um, I feel like Nick Sirianni is a good coach when everything goes his way and he still is figuring out how to adjust when it doesn't. Johnny mentioned uh, Miles Sanders getting hurt. I feel like really threw a wrench in it. Has to be able to adjust better on the fly. I'm not predicting anything's going to go wrong. Just kind of my one of my thoughts on uh, you know planting the seed of how I feel about uh, Nick Sirianni there. Nothing? Planting the seed? No, no. We got it. We didn't want to cultivate your gardening. Cultivate. Who better to do that than a gardener? But I am still picking uh, the Chargers 27-24. I do feel like this loss will be more competitive throughout instead of uh, two good drives, two and a half quarters of you could just go upstairs and take a nap, and then the last half of the fourth quarter we're competitive again. I just feel like we're finally hitting our stride. And here's the thing. I'm not saying I want to lose. I'm okay with seeing an L in that column if the team's getting better. If, if it's a hard fought L. Yeah, g- give me that. You know, I was thinking about it today on, on the way home. What does the city of Philadelphia want more than wins? We want good defense, a good running game. Give us that. Give us smart football. Give us competitive football. And at the end of the day, we'll be happy. We'll still find something to bitch about. Don't worry. Yeah, well, that's why we're podcasters. We have microphones, and you don't. So you will listen to every word we have to say. Mm-hmm. Um I, I kind of went over this uh, when I was making my predictions with my wife. So here's what it comes down to for me. Yes, the Eagles have three wins on the season against three really bad teams, including one that doesn't belong in the NFL. Um, I would love the Eagles to win this game, and I hope that they do. I am kind of reverting back to the I'm picking against them until they do something to say to me that they can beat NFL-caliber teams. The Chargers are an NFL-caliber team. I do think that the Chargers win this game. I'm going to say 
I think that offensively they have too many weapons on the, all the different levels. So it's not that they just have a good running back and they're going to do that. It's not that they just have a good wide receiver or wide receivers and they're going to do that. It's not that they just have a good tight end. It's that they have all three of those things. And they also have a good quarterback. To me, I think that the Chargers will be able to win this game. I agree. And with that, friends, anything else we want to add for the good of the order? No, just hopefully get some competitive, fun football on Sunday. It's all yes, indeed. So the rundown for the rest of the week, my friends, is as follows. We had our All About the Birds weekly report tonight. That's every single Wednesday night. Thursday is Across the Pitch, which is our Philadelphia Union soccer show. Friday night is Birds, Beers, and BS, our YouTube exclusive show with Jeff and Peanut and Blow Up Party Dave or whatever it is. Uh, Party Doll Dave. I don't know. It's just Party Doll Dave. Yeah, Party Doll Dave. Um, Barrera's Buckets will drop at some point. I'm not sure when that drops. Sunday, there'll be a post game after the game. Monday, there'll be a Chips and Dish episode. Uh Hopefully, this week it just kind of got away from me, so it didn't. Um, although I might move the picking of the games to Wednesday pre, like Wednesday before we do this. I, I kind of like that time. My wife was still awake enough to be coherent. And then Tuesday is uh, Burning Bridges with Jeremy Bridges. As always, you are liking, you are sharing, you are subscribing to All About the Birds and AAT Sports Network on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all of that good stuff. We have some great sponsors. We're going to shout them out real quick. So we are sponsored by wonderful, wonderful sponsors, including Statement Games, a fun-free twist on fantasy sports. Link is in the bio. Oddjam.com, use their arbitrage calculator to not lose money. There is a link in the bio. AATSportsNetwork.com slash shop. Make sure you are supporting us as we continue to give you quality content uh, on the weekly, on the reg. Lots of rain, luxury watches. Use code AATBIRDS at checkout for 10% off. And, of course, my personal favorite just because I get to say creepy things. Manscaped.com. Use the code AATBIRDS for 20% off and free shipping at checkout. Your balls will thank you. I think I got that in the frame. I couldn't really see. Chip's gonna this go is their new... Chip's going to go lather his after the show. Yeah, so I did an unboxing on my last show. There's a shampoo and conditioner and a body wash. Um, they smell fantastic. Um, so, do you know one thing that always made me laugh real quick? Is that body wash? The French name is gel de douche. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that was so Rich Kozite's nickname too. Gel de douche. <laughs> um, and of course, funkbrewing.com, the exclusive uh, beer of the All About the Birds and the AAT Sports Network. Funkbrewing.com. You'll be hearing more about them as we get rolling. So. Julio's laughing. I'm thinking it's probably because of the gel de douche um, or the, 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 uh, the rich Kotite joke. Rich Kotite gets a lot of jokes made here. Richie he deserves Kotex. it. Richie Kotex. He was a Richie joke. Kotex. Um, we don't have a new Manscaped commercial for you. We will soon, but we are going to play one of our old personal favorites. It is by Philadelphia based band, go, go gadget. They redid the Eagles fight song a couple years ago. Combined it with no one likes us, uh, but we effing care. So we're going to play that on the way out. As always, I am Chip. That is Mike. That is Johnny. And as we end every show here on the All About the Birds Network, or AAT Birds and AAT Sports Network, we end with a very positive and happy. <coughs> Go, Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds.